and welcome to The Virtuous Life. I'm your host, Pat Odie-Murray. Uh, this has definitely been an exciting and challenging time for all of us, I think. Um, as you know, the last couple of weeks I've been um, doing my show using my laptop and just dropping files for Ron to put in. Well, today we've got another experiment going on. Um, we are trying to have me interview somebody from my cell phone at my house and uh, I think he's in Canada, so this is going to be real interesting here. But as I promised during the Lenten season, um, as we were using um, Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, I was going to try to get um, Al Smith on because he is the editor of this book. And uh, so I got a hold of him, and uh, he was more than gracious to try this experiment uh, during this time to see if we can actually do an interview. So, Alan, are you there? Yes, I am here. Thanks oh. for having me. <laughs> well, let me tell the people a little bit about you. I didn't want to do this grandiose um, you know, introduction, and then um, somehow you weren't there. So let me tell the, the audience. Uh, he's a husband, father, grandfather, a man of trade, and a business owner. He served the church for 15 years as a Catholic evangelist, radio host, writer, internet broadcaster, and retreat director. Gifted speaker, giving presentations in seminaries, schools, parishes, Catholic conferences. He's often featured on Catholic media, such as EWTN Radio and Television, Radio Maria, The Catholic Channel, Relevant Radio, and Shalom TV. He's the founder and director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada and has served on the board of directors of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois, which is promoting the cause for his canonization process. He's also the creator of the website Bishop Sheen Today, and it features the life and works of uh, the Venerable Archbishop uh, Fulton Sheen. And as I told uh, you, audience, last week I had kind of given um, uh, Archbishop Sheen a promotion because I was already calling him blessed, but I corrected that and said he was venerable. And, and uh, Alan is the editor of two best-selling books, um, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. That's the one we've been going through this Lent as, an, as a, a group. And he also has done Lord Teach Us to Pray which is a Fulton Machine anthology. So there's a lot there, Al, but I'm going to stop there. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's a long introduction, but I think people get it. They say, wow, God has touched his life. Um, yes. uh, he's used, God is using a man of trade. Um, uh, I'm known uh, on radio uh, as the Pipe Padre. It's kind of my radio handle uh, because I fix pipes during the day and, uh -huh. uh, you know, uh, water heaters, furnaces, stoves, dryers, barbecues, and uh, that's, so that's what I do for my, my day job, uh, but great. I've always found time to uh, do some uh, evangelization work with, um, you know, sharing the writings of Fulton Sheen, so uh, you can call me the Pipe Padre if you wish. <laughs> I love that, Sheen. that's great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, God has been good. He's been very good to me, so uh, lots of uh, Sheen stories to tell you. Oh, great. So where, I, I always kind of like to get, where exactly are you in Canada? Like, where are you at right now? Are you in Ontario? Where are you at? 
So I, my, my uh, coordinates are, I'm in Midland, Ontario. So Midland, Ontario, and people know Midland as the home of the Martyr Shrine, uh, a, a national shrine in Canada uh, dedicated to the North American martyrs. Um, St. John de Brebeuf, St. Isaac Job, uh, and his companions. And uh, two of them actually gave their life uh, in my backyard, like in the area I live. So I live on holy holy ground. And uh, it's about... Yeah, an uh, hour and a half north of Toronto. Everybody seems to know of Toronto uh, mm-hmm. because of you know, the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Maple mm-hmm. Leafs, and so Toronto is an international city. And um, but I'm an hour and a half north of the city in a quiet, sleepy village of fifteen thousand people in Midland, Ontario. And so I um, I go to the Martyr Shrine uh, every day when it's open, and it's a great. Uh, place to live and uh, my wife and I retired uh, into this sleepy village and we kind of lived our life in the big city but uh, wanted a bit uh, of a quieter environment uh, as yeah. we uh, you know spend our yeah. retirement there so yeah that is wonderful that I didn't realize you had that shrine up there that's great if I head up that way I'm gonna have to take a look at that that's for sure so tell me it's kind of interesting I think that um, how did, because I was talking to Ron and I said, you know, he's from Canada. I guess I never really thought that there would be a real kind of devotion or movement for um, Archbishop Sheen up in Canada. How did that all come about? How did you get interested? How did you become a part of that? Yes. Well, there was a, a God incident that happened to me in 2009. Uh, my wife and I were dropping one of our daughters off to a small Catholic college uh, called Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College. And uh, while I was uh, getting my daughter off to the dorms uh, safely, my wife was in the library. And the librarian was giving away a few old, tattered books and making room for some new editions. And there my wife picked up the book from Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen called Peace of Soul. And uh, she came to me and said, honey, I've got this book from Archbishop Sheen. Let's read it together. And so uh, it's a five-hour drive to get back home from this little college. And so we started to read the book together. And the very first lines of that book, Peace of Soul, Sheen says, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And it was that line, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved, that got my attention. I knew that Fulton Sheen had a wisdom that I needed to tap into and learn from. And so from that moment, I started to read uh, at a frantic pace, I think. Uh, every book you get a Fulton Sheen. And, uh, you know, a year later, you, all of a sudden you've read 24 of his 66 books. And um, I was just, uh, just so, um, let's just say, encouraged by his words of wisdom that I thought, hey, I want to start sharing this. And I've been on radio for a number of years now in Canada. I, I actually am a host of two radio shows on a secular station. Uh, we don't have Catholic radio in, the, in Canada like it is in the United States. And okay. so we buy air, we buy airtime 
on public radio stations. And so I've been hosting a Catholic hour. Uh, it's called the Holy Rosary Program. And I've uh, been the host there since 2006. And um, I said to the producers of the station, I'd like to do a Bishop Sheen show. And I was able to secure the rights to replay a lot of his old audio recordings. And you've shared a few of those sound bites over the last mm -hmm. number of weeks on your show. And uh, so every week I go in and I do an hour of Archbishop Sheen's radio recordings, his uh, homilies, his sermons. And it's just been so well received that a number of other stations have asked me to do a similar show. And uh, so I knew he was touching hearts, even today. Even though Bishop Sheen has been deceased since 1979, his recordings are still touching lives. And so I just used what I had in front of me, my own radio podcast already. Uh, I started to share it. And then all of a sudden, I had this... Uh, I guess little nudging from the Holy Spirit to reach out to seminarians. And I phoned the seminary and I said to the rector of the seminary, could I come and present to, um, you know, the, the seminarians and the formators uh, a little story about Bishop Sheen? And I raised some money and bought some books uh, and shared Bishop Sheen books to, to uh, the seminary. And uh, I was kind of a little bit nervous. You know, I had this little interior call, but I was always asking the Lord to show me, give me a sign that, you know, it's, this is your will but not my will. And it was funny. The day I, I arrived at the seminary, a seminarian greeted me at the door and said, you know, who are you? And I explained, my name's Al Smith. I'm a radio host, and I'm here to give a presentation on Fulton Sheen. And that young seminarian looked me straight in the eye, and he said, Mr. Smith, I want to tell you a true story. I was 18 years old, I had graduated from high school, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But a woman at church gave me the book from Archbishop Sheen entitled The Priest Is Not His Own. And he says, I read that book, and it changed my life. And within a few months, I applied to become a priest, and I'm now studying in the seminary. I'm in my fifth year, and oh, by the way, I have 40 of his books up in my dorm Welcome to the seminary. And so uh, Fulton Sheen sent one of his little ambassadors to greet me at the door and say, you're in the right place. You're in the right place, even though you're a plumber, even though you're um, you know, a man of trade. I'm going to use you, just as they use the, the fishermen, the tax collector, the tent makers. Uh, I will use you to share Fulton Sheen with uh, seminarians across Canada. And after I gave one presentation, the next thing I know, I was talking at all five seminaries in Canada. So uh, it, was a, it was a real blessing to do that. And, uh, you know, unbeknownst to me, all of a sudden I receive a letter from uh, Bishop Janke, Bishop Daniel Janke, who is the bishop of uh, Peoria, and he right. asked me to sit on his board of directors for the cause of canonization for Fulton Sheen. He said, we love your zeal. We love your energy. Could you please come and assist us? And so um, in 2013, I, I, I came on the board of directors of the Archbishop Sheen Foundation in Peoria. So uh, God is, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's that one little book, that one little book in 2009 that yeah. uh, put me on this path. So, uh, so again, I could tell for hours. The 
Um, the um, Mission Society, the Archbishop S.J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada, um, I, I looked it up and I was looking at um, different things that are on it. I love the mission statement because obviously you're using a part of, uh, you're using basically his statement and it is, it is not only souls that have to be saved, it is society. It is not only mm-hmm. souls that have to be sanctified, it is bodies as well. What how does that mission statement speak to what you're trying to do now? Yeah. Well, uh, what I found was Archbishop Sheen uh, had a great reach, and he was what I like to call this beautiful parish priest that knew he had a large parish. Um, in the millions, uh, he was given an opportunity to minister to millions of souls. And, you know, in his radio days, he had four and five million uh, listeners tune in. And so he provided a sound catechesis. And, of course, that audience was 30 million when he was on television. But yeah. his whole mission, I believe, was to tend to souls and meet them where they were at. You think of this 30 years Archbishop Sheen had a a weekly newspaper column, and that newspaper column was in all the major newspapers. And so it was kind of like many people read Ann Landers every week. Well, Mm -hmm. everyone was reading Bishop Sheen Speaks, and he would talk about the issues of the day. He'd talk about what was important to families. And so you kind of sensed, hey, he cares about me. He Mm -hmm. cares about the workforce. He cares about... um, you know, poverty, injustice. He spoke to the social issues of the day and uh, warned us of the evils in society and mm-hmm. invited us to, to pray. He, he always would say, you know, give God a chance because your life is worth living. God has a plan for you. And, um, and I think people understood that. And so right. the Mission Society tries to touch base uh, with almost everybody. We reach out to university students with scholarships. We reach out to seminarians. We reach out to families providing a good sound catechesis. Um, We want to put Bishop Sheen's writings, his videos, uh, everything that he ever touched into people's hands. And, um, you know, we we even go into the jails and uh, Mm -hmm. we try to make sure there's a good library of Sheen's books for the prisoners in jail. So um, um, he's touched lives. He will. He, he touched millions. He can touch millions more. But somebody right. has yeah. to put put everything into so, their hands. So. Yeah, so is the kind of, so you see kind of the purpose of your organization then, the kind of this website is just one little piece. It's just the piece that kind of, lets people know what you're about, but it's really all of these things like, you know, like you said, scholarships and, and um, you know, getting his books into prison libraries, those kinds of things. So, so, the web, so the organization is more than just kind of putting a website out there, right? Right. I mean, people want to see results, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I put a, a, I guess, a tab or a list of the events, and so people would follow me for one year, and they'd say, wow, you speak at Catholic conferences, you have your weekly radio show, you, um, you know, go to um, 
the seminaries, you go to parishes when requested, um, and I just make myself available. Um, right. But always there, there is this interest. They know that Sheen is this trusted voice that, um, hey, um, it's pre-approved. I always say when the Vatican in 2012, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, declared Sheen venerable, he was saying his writings are approved. His, mm-hmm. he, he lived a life of heroic virtue. Um, he, you know, he received the blessing of the church to right. trust him and to imitate him, um, to give him veneration. So right. um, I think it's a, the doors open up very easily for me, um, okay. you know, because of who I'm, who I'm representing. Right. So I noticed that there's another website called Bishop Sheen Today. How is that different from um, the Mission Society? Right. Uh, BishopSheenToday.com was uh, my idea of just uh, making available, uh, absolutely free, uh, every uh, Sheen resource that I could find on the Internet. Um, And, you know, we have people that just want to watch videos all day. And, you know, there's there's over 100 Bishop Sheen videos on YouTube, and they're his Life is Worth Living broadcasts, they're his uh, retreats, and so I just point people in that direction. I just say, if you want to watch Sheen for hours, here you go. You'll find him here, absolutely free. Um, That's great. A lot of his books have been scanned, and there's digital libraries everywhere, and so the Catholic University of America has a beautiful library of Sheen's writings, and so I just provide the links to say, go to the digital library, download some of his radio transcripts or some of his books, and enjoy your reading. Um, I've I've been on the radio for many years now and say, oh, here's my podcast right from 2012 up to today. So uh, if you want to listen to Sheen, please just listen to one of my podcasts. So uh, my mission, and this is the work we do at the Sheen Foundation in Peoria, is to introduce Sheen to a whole new generation and to reintroduce him to the mature audience that remembers him well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what this website is. This website is an informational website that just says, you want to know something about Bishop Sheen? There you go. There's the history. And if you want to listen, watch, or read, there's something for everyone. So uh, I have a million visitors a year to this website. It's mm-hmm. got a good amount of traffic. And mm-hmm. because people are still saying, who is this Bishop Sheen? He's still in yeah. the news. Um, he's in the news every day, it seems. But yeah. because he's, rele- he's relevant. He's relevant. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I when we started this series uh, the first, um, the week of Ash Wednesday, you know, I told the audience that uh, I have very fond memories of uh, Bishop Sheen because that was one of the few times that we could watch TV. <laughs> so mom and, mom and dad would gather up the kids, you know, and uh, we'd sit in front of the TV and watch um, Archbishop Sheen. I was pretty small, but um, but I remember just, you know, watching kind of in awe. Now, my sister and I talk a lot about him because she remembers a lot more. Of uh, She was older than me, so she remembers a lot more of, of some of the things that he said. And it is interesting because um, last night uh, one of my nephews uh, texted me to see how I was doing, and uh, I said, oh, I'm, 
you know, I'm looking at some websites, and um, I'm interviewing Al Smith tomorrow. He's the editor of this She book that I we've been talking about on the radio show for Lent. And um, my nephew said, oh, let me know when that podcast comes up. He said, because uh, I've got some of She's books here that I'm getting ready to read, he said. So, I, you know, I want to kind of know more about him. And so... I think, and I'm kind of watching our time here in the first half of the show. The second half of the show, I want to spend more on the book itself. But, but what was it that drew you into Fulton Sheen? Um, because, you know, you talked about having the shrine to martyrs and basically kind of your house is on holy ground. But what is it about Fulton Sheen that drew you in? It, it, you said he, you felt he talked to kind of every person, not them where they were. Is that the main thing that drew you in? Uh, no, I think it was um, a book I read. Uh, it was simply entitled Victory Over Vice. It was oh, yeah. uh, Archbishop Shane's uh, writings on uh, the seven deadly sins and how the seven last words that our Lord spoke from the cross was the antidote to those sins. Mm-hmm. And over the course of... Um, you know, the time I read that book, I think what, what Sheen did for me was he was the first priest that made me feel guilty for my sin. Like I, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of us just live our lives, we fall into sin, we go to confession, um, and it, we're very casual about it. But yep. for what, whatever reason, um, again, he stirred my soul this, uh, that sin cost our Lord, um, you know, that he actually died on the cross because of your sin, and he's ministering to you even though he's on the cross. And also, look what you did to my mother. She lost me because of your sin, and you made her cry. <laughs> you made her cry. <laughs> That's um, a terrible so, thing to say. You so, made both of them really cry, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and then I kind of all of a sudden I'm I'm starting to get really uh, my soul my soul is stirring and I'm saying I'm starting to have sorrow for my sin I'm starting to realize the true price of my sin that it affects everyone it affects our Lord and uh, so much so that and I give this when I give talks um, I encourage people to apologize to the Blessed Virgin Mary for the role you played in the death of her son. Um, mm. Kind of like a, a drunk driver wakes up, uh, you know, the next morning in jail and then has this sorrow for the damage that uh, the drunk driver caused when they were temporarily, temporarily insane, I guess, mm-hmm. through alcohol. But the reality is, is the damage was done and you have to make reparation and uh, also apologize. And so uh, Sheen made me apologize to his mother uh, in a beautiful way. And my relationship with her has improved greatly because I'm right with mother now. I'm in Uh right relationship with her. But Mm -hmm. he he stirred my soul. He got my attention. He talked to me about anger, laziness, lust, greed, all those seven deadly sins, and said, you know what, you got a little bit of all of them, but I'm going to give you a remedy for all of them and help you out. And so that's why I feel so indebted to Fulton because he helped me to uh, overcome a number of sins and gave me uh, just that confidence to say, hey, uh, you yeah. move forward. Your, your life is worth living. Don't let sin pull you down. 
That's wonderful. Well, in the last couple of remaining minutes here we have in the first half of the show, Alan, I want to ask you about the cause um, for Archbishop Sheen. We can come back to this again after break if need be. But um, certainly you were a part of, of the Archbishop Sheen cause uh, for sainthood. Um, where is that all at right now? I mean, I know we put it on hold. Is there any movement going on? What are we waiting for? All right. I mean, we are waiting for, um, you know, I think people understand that they were willing to hear out the court's uh, findings uh, in, you know, the state of New York. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was the request, it seemed, to say, can we just pause this? Uh, can we ask everybody to take a pause until we just make 110% sure that everything's lickety-boo, everything's whistle clean, uh, mm -hmm. so we can move forward together. Um, and so that was always, it seems, the um, the talk uh, to say this is the reason for the postponement. Uh, right. We, of course, knew right from the very beginning when we started uh, this in 2002, um, you know, when Bishop Janke petitioned Rome to open the cause, uh, many of the good people within the foundation had said, remember, the devil will always be attacking us. This is going to be an uphill climb, and this will be uh, a, a difficult but challenging process. And uh -huh. in 2014, when we were ready to have uh, an announcement of a beatification mass, um, you know, that's when all of a sudden the obstacle of the body uh, came in, and right. uh, the, the cause was frozen or postponed because the Vatican was basically saying, "Could you sort this one out?" And when it's sorted out, then let's let's revisit this. And then when the courts decided that the body was to go to Peoria, the cause reopened again, and it quickly moved where the Holy Father then approved the miracle and uh, set a date for the beatification. So. Um, you know, when we saw this further delay, we thought, oh, yeah, okay, in yeah. God's perfect timing, but it's going to be this bumpy road. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's difficult, but I can't say to you, oh, uh, you know, just trust me, in three months we'll be back sure. on board. There is no announcement in that way in that the courts move slowly. So we have to just let this uh, um, evolve. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've continued to state our position to say, We've done all that screening before. It's all been vetted, I guess. But right. yet, you know, it is what it is. So I can't give okay. you any good news to say, oh, okay. yeah, something in the spring, something in the fall. All I can right. say is that in my heart, in your heart, he's a blessed. He's a saint. Right. And exactly. I think, um, <laughs> yeah. And I called him that for many weeks. So. <laughs> so anyway, we are coming up on break here, and I just want to let the audience know that our guest today is um, Al Smith, um, and he is—he's uh, got a long list of credentials. With—he's um, a Catholic evangelist, radio host, writer, internet broadcaster, retreat director. Um, he's been on EWTN radio and television, um, but the reason he is with us today is obviously to talk about Archbishop Fulton um, Sheen and also to kind of help us, uh, the second half of the show especially, we're going to look at uh, some of the ideas that we've been talking about during this Lenten season, um, the ideas from the book um, The Seven Last Words or The Last Prize of Jesus from the Cross, which focused on the seven last words. So. Please come back and uh, on the other side of the break as we continue this great discussion with Al Smith. 
You're listening to The Virtuous Life. I'm your host, Pat Odie-Murray. See you on the other side of the break. The Culture Project is in the Diocese of Toledo. Friends for Life, if you want to build a culture which respects and values every single human life, then you have to have these five passionate, on-fire missionaries into your church, school, or homeschooling group. The Culture Project addresses issues of human dignity, sexual integrity, and the dangers of social media. But the time here ends this May. Visit thecultureproject.org today and click on Schedule Us to help build the culture of life. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse, I wouldn't be the father, I wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hello and welcome back to The Virtuous Life. I'm your host, Pat Odie Murray. And as you can probably tell, um, in the last couple of weeks, things have sounded different, uh, and they're going to sound different again today. This is uh, another experiment that we're trying. Uh, I am uh, on my cell phone, uh, so I'm hoping uh, everything is coming through pretty good. Ron, is uh, he's a miracle worker down there making sure all this works. And um, our guest uh, is in Canada, and um, I'm he's hooked up with Ron through Skype or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> we're making it work, I hope. And our guest today is um, Al Smith, um, husband, father, grandfather, a man of trade, business owner. Um, he served the church for 15 years as Catholic evangelist, radio host, writer, Internet broadcaster, retreat director, um, gifted speaker, he's given presentations at seminary schools, parishes, Catholic conferences, uh, definitely been featured in Catholic media such as EWTN, radio, television, um, Radio Maria, Catholic Channel, Relevant Radio. Um, he also has his own radio show um, on a um, public airways because he said Canada does not have Catholic radio. Uh, it's called the Holy Rosary Hour, and then he does another hour on, on Fulton J. Sheen, Archbishop Sheen. Um, and if you want to hear more about all of that, certainly go back um, when the podcast comes up and listen to the first half of the show. Obviously, I've invited Alan onto the show because the book we have been using during this Lent to kind of help us focus on what this season is all about um, is The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, which is a Fulton Sheen anthology uh, published by Sophia Institute, and um, Al was the, is the editor of that book. So welcome back, Al. Thank you again. And uh, I know we got it uh, going on the first half of the program, and uh, the Sheen stories come. It's amazing. When I travel across the country, everyone has a Sheen story and how Sheen touched their lives. So uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. We could talk for hours, <laughs> hours. Yeah. As we, as before I dig into the book a little bit, which I have one more question, um, because um, 
as I was looking at the website last night on um, the uh, cause of, for canonization for Archbishop Sheen, I re- it, it said something about a museum and his tomb. Are those? I'm just. I know we're all kind of not moving around much right now, but I look forward to the day when we can. So, can you tell me a little bit? Is his tomb and the museum in the same location? Can you kind of let us know what's going on? That. Okay, um, his uh, his tomb is in the cathedral at St. Mary's Cathedral. So um, it's a beautiful uh, side, I uh, almost want to call it a side altar, but um, he's off to the side. Uh, there's room for people just to kneel and uh, just quietly meditate and give thanksgiving. Um, you can come right up to the tomb, and, of course, uh, people will place their rosaries on top of the tomb and many of their religious articles, and uh, it's just a great um, place to visit. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say he's home. He's home. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cathedral is just, uh, again, it's just a... Uh, uh, it's an oasis, I call it. It's a, a very beautiful church. Of course, there's a, a little uh, side chapel full of relics, uh, holy relics of the saints, and uh, a beautiful uh, side altar to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and then, of course, the cathedral itself. But, uh, again, the showpiece right now is uh, the remains of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen are there, and so uh, mm-hmm. people will come and visit and venerate uh, his uh, Remains, and the museum is just uh, a block away. It's um, in uh, again the diocesan center, and there is a, a collection of beautiful artifacts and memorabilia. And uh, again, it's just a great little meeting place. Of course, with uh, the restrictions that are put on us right now, um, it's right. difficult. But uh, again, they are separate. The museum is in a separate building from where the Sheen uh, tomb is, um, the the tomb is in um, St. Mary's Cathedral. Wonderful. That's good to know, because I'm hoping this summer, if everything, you know, calms down around here, that we're going to be able to, because I would love to go there. I do have one more question. It's terrible. I want to get to the book, but I have one more question. Can you explain the miracle to our audience that has been approved and attributed to Archbishop Paul Sheen? Okay. Um, it is a beautiful miracle. It's uh, simply, I'll, I'll try to give you the Coles notes or the, the quick and easy version. Uh, okay. A beautiful family, um, Bonnie and Travis Ingstrom. Um, the, of course, uh, she was giving birth to one of her children. And, uh, again, there was complications, and the child was born, stillborn. And uh, so they called the ambulance, and, um, again, the child was rushed to the hospital. And uh, for uh, almost an hour, the paramedic and the medical staff tried to revive this child and uh, with no sign of hope. And, um, you know, at the 61-minute mark, the doctor was ready to write the death certificate and uh, the child came miraculously to life. And, of course, all through this process of this time of agony, uh, families were praying for the intercession of Fulton Sheen, uh, the mother especially praying for the intercession of Fulton Sheen. And, uh, of course, Bonnie, the mother, had had a devotion to Fulton Sheen for many years. And uh, so just uh, storming heaven for his intercession. And then, of course, this child comes back to life. And this child has, you know, no brain damage. This boy is like every other healthy boy that I know. And so it was a miracle that he came back to life, and it's a miracle that uh, he was able to skirt all the damage. And, um, again, is very um, just a beautiful boy, young boy, 
that is uh, again a miracle. And uh, and uh, Bonnie wrote a beautiful, beautiful book called Sixty One Minutes to a Miracle, um, and um, it's available uh, wherever fine books are sold. But uh, her story mm-hmm. is just absolutely great. But uh, again, sixty one uh-huh. minutes uh, of lifeless child yet came back to life. And, uh, again, uh, that is a miracle. And all yeah. through the intercession of our good Lord through the intercession of Fulton Sheen. So That's amazing. Okay, well, let's get to the book. So I, what kind of inspired you to put this book together, Alan? Okay. Um, so I, I mentioned that in 2009 I just had the zeal to read everything that I could find of Fulton Sheen. And, you know, um, again, I'm intimidated by large books, so the first thing I went to was his smaller books. And Mm -hmm. I started to realize very quickly that Sheen wrote um, not one book on the cross, not two books on the cross, but actually nine. And um, I started to see that he loved to write about the seven last words, but every year he developed a different theme or nuance to his writing. So, um, you know, one year he wrote about uh, the Beatitudes and the seven okay. last words. And then that, another year he wrote about the seven deadly sins and the seven last words. And then the seven virtues and the seven last words. And then the seven words that Mary spoke and the seven last words. And I started to see this pattern to say, wow, he is a genius on placing the seven last words as the lens to look at everything. And then I realized that I watched one of his last recordings, and many people have seen this video on the Internet. It's called His Last Words. And it was in 1979, and Fulton Sheen was giving uh, a Good Friday address. And he said, he said, this is the 58th consecutive year that I've spoken on our Lord's seven last words, his passion, his death, and resurrection. And I kind of say, 58 years, wow. And then I realized, after looking at his body of work, he was a master at sharing this great love story, that God so loved the world that he came into the world, took on human flesh, and died for our sins. Uh, That was his mission. His mission was to come into the world to die. And yet I saw this collection, this body of work, and said, you know what, how about I bring them all together so that it is what I call, um, you know, a keepsake that every Catholic home should have, you know, writings on the cross. And, And not just writings on the cross, but life lessons, how to deal with difficult people, how to uh, avoid the seven deadly sins, how to practice virtue. We all need manuals uh, to help us. And somehow, some way, in 2014, I had the idea of collecting them together into a manuscript. And uh, then I approached Sophia Institute Press with the idea. And they said, send me chapter one. Uh, I sent them chapter one, and the next thing you know, they sent me uh, a note saying, please, let's do this together. Uh, Because it's really when you put them all together that you really see, wow, Fulton Sheen loves me, and he wanted to give me some wisdom that I could carry with for the rest of my life. Um, And you can see every week you were sharing different nuances of virtue and sin and difficult people and the Blessed Virgin Mary, 
that you kind of say, I need to take that with me in my everyday life. And so, um, for, again, through this inspiration, I just said, you know, I'm not, again, I'm a man of trade, but my wife calls me a renaissance man in that I do a little bit of everything, you know, writing, uh-huh. lecturing, um, you know, plumbing. But still, God uses, uh, you know, many people to do this. And so um, I just went and found the original manuscripts, uh, went to a number of libraries and got his original text. And then I just started to edit it and to put it into uh, what I thought, uh, something that flows. And the way the book is set up, it sets up that you can use it as a retreat book, that you could do a, a, a thematic retreat, um, okay. or you could just do uh, one, uh, you know, one of seven last words uh, every day for quite some time or uh, over the course of a week. There's, there's 49 short homilies in that book. And I always okay. say to people, during Lent, read one of them every day. Yeah, and that's what uh, we've at the end been of doing, yeah. At, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so there's your Lenten um, guide. And last year we had uh, a university. Uh, there was 120 students that all took that as a Lenten project. They all read uh, the cries of Jesus from the cross during the season of Lent. And they would have uh, reflections every evening about the day's reading. And, um, you know, this is touching tens of thousands of lives. And so um, yeah. this is a beautiful book for Lent. But not just Lent, throughout the whole year. And, and again, I thought every Catholic home should have Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ, also this collection of um, his writings on the seven last words. So that was the inspiration behind it. And it was very easy to put together because I just thought, okay, Sheen is this, again, parish priest who's giving homilies, and he knows everybody's waiting for the next lesson and the next lesson. And you can see that these lessons build on one another. Um, and I explain this. You know, he takes us on this journey where he introduces us to the seven last words. But then he says, okay, let's start with practicing the Beatitudes and see how that works for you. And then the following year, he said, okay, let's talk a little bit about your troubles, the sorrows of your life. And that's that whole, the writing about the rainbow of sorrows, unjust suffering, pain, the suffering of the innocent, and he let us he let us kind of deal with that, and then he'd pick us up, and then of course he would share about the mass and the beauty of the mass, and then the next year we talk about the seven deadly sins, and then follow it up with a solution the next year with the virtues and practicing virtues. So, you know, he was kind of carrying us along this journey as a priest, knowing that we're listening to his homilies year after year. But he, when you, when it's all said and done, you just say, "This priest guided me on a spiritual journey to draw me closer to our Lord. I love him more than ever before, and I don't know what he did to me, but he did it. And again, that was his uh, saintly wisdom saying, "I will tend to souls if they stay with me and they journey with me. I'll put them on this." Uh, a program that will help them get to heaven. So um, I think anybody that reads the book, The Cries of Jesus on the Cross, uh, after they're done, they truly appreciate God's sacrifice on the cross and what I call the characters of the Passion, Magdalene, right. John, St. John, the Blessed Virgin Mary, all of that. So we know that the drama of the cross is playing out today in our society, but now I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. 
Now, Alan, you said he gave, you know, these, um, you know, 58 consecutive um, years of speaking on the last words. So are there, um, you know, you chose obviously seven of uh, kind of of these uh, things, topics or talks that he gave and put them together. Are you planning on taking other talks um, on these seven last words and kind of threading them together like you did in this book? Yes. Um, my latest release, um, it's called Lord Teach Us to Pray. It's an mm -hmm. anthology. And there's six chapters in that book. And the first two chapters are Sheen's writings on the Our Father and the Mass. And okay. those were his re reflections from 1935. Uh, he wrote about the seven last words and the seven petitions in the Our Father. And then okay. the following year, he wrote about the seven last words and the seven parts of the Mass. And so I, conti I continued this seven last words theme um, at the beginning, the first two chapters of my latest anthology, Lord Teach Us to Pray, because okay. really when you look at Scripture, the disciples came to our Lord, and it's in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where they said to the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And mm -hmm. of course, our Lord taught them the Our Father. And um, again, then, of course, he instituted the Eucharist. He taught us to pray, of course, the Mass. And so, mm -hmm. you know, this, this book called Lord Teach Us to Pray, let's start with the basics. Let's start with the Our Father first, and then let's start with the, then let's move to the Mass. And again, 1935, he spoke about the Our Father. 1936, he spoke about the Mass. And so he's guiding us along. And, uh, again, this is the idea that these um, collection of his writings on the seven last words, um, there's a continuum. So this second book that I put continues on that theme of the seven last words um, with, you know, two more of his uh, great writings. Uh, again, okay. The Our Father. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, the answer is yes. Now, will I do four anthologies or five anthologies? The, mm -hmm. the answer is no. Um, um, I, I try to do the best of the best because with anthologies, there's a little bit of repetition. And yeah. so that's kind of what you have to stay away from. And I right. think putting the, the seven together, there wasn't that much repetition, but if there was, it had a good effect because it just yeah. um, reinforced the lesson. It reinforced exactly. the lesson. So, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder, you know, since you're just so familiar, obviously, with all of his writings and sermons, but especially in this book, it, and you mentioned early on that Victory Over Vice was kind of the, uh, was the book that kind of drew you into Sheen, but do you have kind of a favorite part um, of this anthology, The Christ of Jesus from the Cross, is there something in there that you say, boy, this has got to be my favorite part of this anthology? Well, I was partial to, um, and, and I, I'll say this first, that in this anthology, three of the seven books were lost works. They hadn't been seen in 80 years. Um, really? The... Yeah, and this is one thing that uh, people, you know, didn't realize and that people who read the anthology say, wow, I've never read that before. And so um, the, the, the body of work um, is simply entitled The um, Rainbow of Sorrows. 
1938, he wrote that book. And, you know, just even just the, the, the chapter headings on just suffering, pain, the suffering of the innocent, God and the soul, the need for zeal, a planned universe, eternal freedom. People really don't want to read about pain and suffering. And so that book never got republished. It, it sat there because Fulton Sheen was producing a book every year, sometimes two books a year. And they just thought, no, no, we don't need to go and republish his old books because he's going to give us a new book again. And so uh, surprisingly enough, people just kind of go, oh, no one ever did republish this 1938 classic, Rainbow of Sorrows. And no one's republished the 1940 book, The Seven Virtues. And uh, the Seven Words to the Cross, which is 1944, that book that talks about the intelligentsia, the sinner, the know-it-all, like, um, that wasn't republished because it's not popular. Who wants to talk about humanist? Who wants to talk about the selfish? But now it's relevant. Now it makes sense. So I was so uh, blessed to be able to reawaken um, these or revive these lost works that have been sitting on shelves for 70, 80 years. So I'm um, very partial to, uh, again, his meditations on the rainbow of sorrows uh, because, again, uh, the whole idea of pain and how one of the greatest sorrows is wasted pain. And, uh, you know, I've uh, had some uh, visits to the hospital over the last few years. And so I understand when he says, you know, hospital beds are lined up two sides of the cross, those who are saying, take me up, and those who are saying, take me down. And uh, there's so much wasted pain in the hospital. So uh, those writings on suffering and sorrow have really, uh, they've resonated in my heart because I have tasted a little bit of suffering. Uh, so they, they, it's helped me to cope with that and to deal with that. And, yeah. um, you know, the one, the one passage she talks about uh, being a planned universe, um, yeah, God like has that. a plan. His hand's been on this. So uh, lots of good things. But that's, that's, my, that's my answer is that uh, I really enjoy the Rainbow of Sorrows um, uh, because it's helped me. Um, it's just given me that confidence to know suffering is part of the plan. Um, okay. Get used to it. Get, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, one of the things, too, um, I, I guess, and I, I had kind of forgotten this until uh, I, I read this anthology, was he was very strong against communism and totalitarianism. We we just, um, you know, I, I think because of the time that it was that he wrote and he lived, um, he he was so clear on how evil this was because it kind of takes us away um, from this freedom that God has given us to use for his glory. Um, how did you, um, when you when you read that stuff about communism, totalitarianism, a lot of mention in that throughout the book, um, what, how does that speak to you in our times today? Right. Um, initially, a lot of times when I first read and I go, oh, he's talking about communism again. He's talking, you know, and you're kind of saying, but isn't communism dead? Like that was, you know, that was the Cold War years. That was part of history. But I think sometimes now we just say we replace the ism with other 
things like atheism, relativism. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. uh, Sheen was kind of saying the faith will always be under attack by a ism. Um, right. And in the case of his time, it was communism, uh, which, of course, is godless and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, speaks against God. And mm -hmm. now, of course, uh, relativism, atheism, all of these mm -hmm. things are the challenges of our day. So um, I think Sheen just said, beware of isms, and uh, right. because they go against the gospel. It is, uh, it is what uh, tries to lead people astray. Uh, by mm -hmm. living those philosophies. So, um, again, he, uh, what I love is he was warning us. He loves us. He's warning us. Beware. Um, and it, it has creeped into American culture. And so, um, uh, but we were warned. We were warned. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the great thing that I, I love about that. I think we, we tend to um, get complacent so often and think things can't happen to us or things can't happen here. Um, it'll never be that way. Uh, and, and so I, I, I love the way he writes about it and he is, he's so clear about, you know, Marxism and, um, and, and again, really kind of describing how it's so antithetical to the Christian message. Because a lot of times today you hear some people who try to make them um, almost one in the same. I had a student once who told me that he thought Jesus was communist. <laughs> so I had to go over this with him, but no, Jesus was not communist. Um, but, but it is that sense that, you know, um, sometimes we think, well, like you said, well, that was the Cold War. Um, it, it can't happen to us. We're, we're smarter than that. And I think Sheen was very clear that, you know, don't think too highly of how smart you are because that's, Pride goes before the fall. That's when you start getting into um, a lot of problems. And so I, I love when he writes about that, that's for sure. I have another question, though, that kind of is um, along the same line as we kind of are coming up here. We have a couple minutes left. But certainly, you know, the world is kind of in crisis now with this coronavirus, this pandemic. Um, and, and as I was going back rereading some of the anthology again, that was on my mind as I was reading. All of the works that you have read, and you've certainly read more of Sheen than I have, but all of the works that you have read um, from Archbishop Sheen, what would you point to, which ones would you point to to help us today in our world in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, what kind of things do you think would speak to us and assist us? Right. Well, I, I really believe that it's his writings on prayer that uh, will carry us through this pandemic. It's um, we, We're all self-isolating. We all are living a little bit in fear that there's something coming to get us. And uh, yet he points to Christ to say uh, they were always trying to get him. Um, mm -hmm. until he allowed, of course, his hour, the hour to come. But uh, we live in this uh, little bit of um, uh, uncertainty, I want to call it that. It is a time of uncertainty. But I find that prayer is what um, will carry us. And Sheen uh, produced hundreds of thousands of little prayer booklets for people to have in their books, in their homes, because he knew this is what was going to carry them. 
I mean, he lived through two world wars, uh, Archbishop Sheen did. And uh, this is, again, another attack, another war uh, with a, a special nuance or a different nuance. But it's going to be our prayer time that's going to carry us. And so he's equipped us with little meditations and devotions that will help us. Uh, the holy hour, you know, we'd say to Catholics, if you can come to the church and be in front of the Blessed Sacrament, yes, do that. But if you can't, spend an hour of prayer in your home. And he would encourage people to do that. So he was saying this for years now, practice the holy hour, which is an hour that you dedicate to a conversation with God. And I think this is where we're, we're struggling. We're, we think we can do an online mass or listen to a podcast, but there's nothing like quiet prayer where you go into your room, you close the door, and God sees you in secret, and you spend some time with him uh, reading your Bible, reading holy books. Uh, but it is going to be the holy habit of prayer that hopefully we'll develop during this crisis. But it is the answer. I think prayer is the answer. And so his writings on prayer, I always say the Holy Spirit, why did I release that book in 2020 on prayer? Um, it's because I think it's the very much needed this time. Uh, Sheen's wisdom on prayer to carry us through. So. Well, I can't thank you enough, Alan. We are at the end of our time together, and I just want to wish our audience, too, this is playing uh, Easter Monday. So I pray that you had a blessed Easter. Um, I know it might have been hard not being able to go through Holy Week services, uh, but I think what Alan said at the end there is certainly what we can be about. We can certainly join in spirit and spend quiet time in prayer. And just because um, we're in a tough time doesn't mean that um, we're on our own. The Lord is always with us. So thanks again, Alan. It's great having you with us today. Um, and again, just to remind the audience, Alan uh, is the editor of the book we've been using uh, through this Lenten season, uh, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, the Fulton Sheen Anthology. So you have been listening to The Virtuous Life. I'm your host, Pat Odie. Murray, have a blessed week ahead. Thank you.